Welcome to X-Files Podcast, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to heal from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new single life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. to my dear, dear listeners. Thank you for being here today. Today, I have another edition of my breakup story. Today, I am featuring slash chatting with a former client of mine, Mike, pronouns he, him, who's coming back to chat with me about a year after working with me about everything that has happened in his life and his reflections on his breakup and the important work that we did together. So I'd love everybody to make sure to give him a warm welcome. And as you're listening, I just wanted to point out a few things that may help you on your own healing journey. First of all, I really want to point out and to ask that you pay attention to Mike's dedication to the process of both coaching and healing, especially considering that, as you will hear him say, he had never done anything like this before, and he was not sure of the outcome, but he was in a bad place and put a lot of attention and commitment into himself. And he really, really, really not only turned a corner quickly, but completely turned his entire life around. I also want to point out Mike's enthusiasm for being single. And he was chronically or habitually monogamous and in relationships for most, if not all of his adult life. And now absolutely loves being single. He says he has a lack of FOMO because of being able to take himself out. And he is not in a hurry to change his life with a relationship. And along those lines, you can hear Mike's enthusiasm and excitement about the fact that he has decided to take a break from dating and is totally fine with it. He really loves his life. So with that, I will leave you to our chat. And if you would like to be featured on my breakup story, or if you would like to experience some of the same things that Mike and my other clients have, please make sure to hit me up on Instagram so that we can chat about coaching options. I am going to be revamping both my packages and prices at the end of this month. So get in now if you're curious. <laughs> and with that, here's Mike's story. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mike. And welcome to another My Breakup Story episode. Hello, Mike. How are you? 
Hi, how's it going? It's going really well. It's going really well, especially because I haven't seen you in a little bit. We have kept in touch, which has been fun. Um, but it's you know really nice to see clients and to keep in touch with them and uh, to catch up because so much has gone on for you. And so oh, yeah. I've really been looking forward. I've to definitely I've definitely you. been uh, following your adventures on your Instagram and stuff like that. So it, it's cool. Like oh, uh, you know, we spoke about this, and this was something that. Janice has mentioned, and look, there she is doing it. So it's like, it's, it's, it's cool to follow the adventure. Well, thank you. And I do think, you know, being single taught me a lot of things. And one of those is that you can give yourself adventures, whether or not you're in a relationship. And I certainly have done that as have you, and I'm excited to share some of that with my audience. Me too. Let's get into it. Um, Mike is a former client of mine, and I and he likes to refer to himself as what? Do you, what did you say? One of my star students. <laughs> well, that's only because you 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 told me I was a star pupil before, so I was like, all right, I'm taking it. I'm keeping that. Oh, a thousand percent. It was an honor and it was a privilege to watch your dedication to your healing and your commitment to all of the actions that we set out for you and to see how you came from feeling a little bit broken. I don't think anyone is actually broken, but I got the sense from you that you felt a little defeated when we had started working together. I definitely didn't know which way was up by the time we started. Like I didn't know where to go. I didn't have any clue where to start. And I had a friend uh, show me the podcast. Shout out to Sam. Um, And I started listening and started listening and like a lot of things that were uh, a lot of the topics being discussed were very pertinent to what I had going on in my life. And like, finally I just was like, okay, I'm not making any progress. I'm not feeling any, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm getting any better. So that's when I reached out and it was, uh, it was great that I did. It was awesome for me. I I think it was. And I, I mean, I could see that it was because where you were when we started compared to where you were by the time we ended was like, wow, I was, yes, very, very moved. And it was a pleasure working with you. So is there anything else that you want to say about finding the show? I'm really um, glad and thankful no, I for just, Sam. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sam, Sam pointing me towards your show was really, was really the most helpful thing that probably could have happened for what was going on for me at the time. But yeah, um, take note, everybody, if you, <laughs> if, if you've been helped by the podcast, you know, send it on to someone else because it is really meant to be a resource for people who are going through this. And mm-hmm. that's how I always want people to think of it as it's like a library of resources. No, it, and I've definitely listened to episodes. Like when I'm feeling a certain feeling or I'm trying to process something or whatever, I will definitely go back and listen to an episode that I had have already listened to. It's like, what did they say about, what did they say about journaling or what did they say about, what was this thing, this quote from no contact that I was looking for that, you know, I need to hear again or whatever. Like, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, the replayability is there for sure. At least it was for me. So I really, really appreciate that. So I guess let's get into a bit of the meat of things. And I appreciate your willingness to share this and to be vulnerable and to be a little bit exposed here. Can you tell us about the end of your relationship and kind of like what led to the breakup? I think this is important because everybody's dissolution of relationships is a little different. 
but anyone who listens to X-Files has a, a story there. So can we yeah, hear a bit I don't, about yours? I don't know how much of a story it is because... <laughs> well, uh, I don't know, as, man. Well, yeah, no. Well, <laughs> once I once I got into reading and listening to the podcast and stuff like that, I was pretty much just... It, it was a textbook discard, right? Like it was, yeah. it was a textbook you're the problem. You're, you know, I was the problem in the relationship. I was the problem in the relationship and things, uh, things became so difficult for me to deal with on a daily basis that I finally was just like, if it's, you know, if it's that bad and I was being led, I, I see that I was being led now in hindsight that I was being led to that end, but I definitely was like, well, if it's that bad for you, then maybe we should do something about it. Mm-hmm. It was over. I mean, it was over just like that. As um, soon as you stood up for yourself. Yeah. As soon as I, as soon as I decided that I was going to not take that treatment anymore, that, I mean, it was to the minute it was over. Mm-hmm. And um, how long had you been together? Uh, we had been together for three years and some change. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, <laughs> this is what, working with you helped me realize was how many red flags I had ignored when that relationship was forming mm-hmm. all the behavior that I put up with all the boundaries I let be violated, you know, things, it was something that I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any previous knowledge about boundaries in a relationship and expressing myself and asserting myself in things that mattered to me. It was just kind of like, Oh, well, this is how relationships are supposed to be. I'm just supposed to go with the flow. I'm just supposed to put up with this. Mm -hmm. And after, especially after working with you, it was just like, Oh, all these things were wrong from the word go like this by the end of it. I'm like, Oh, I've, I really have no one to blame but myself because <laughs> I well, just you didn't know yeah. you didn't have no, the knowledge. I mean, and, and that was, we don't get taught these things. Yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know at that point. Really. I just knew that I had been, uh, I had been left and it just seemed especially cruel. And, and yeah. I was the one who was at fault for everything. And I was just completely crushed, uh, confused. There was all kinds of emotions and having never, dealt with any of them it's just these like huge emotions that with nowhere to go no way to process no no nowhere to turn to to get support in dealing with them because i had never dealt with them before well i did a healthy manner in a healthy manner Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i want to be clear i don't think anyone ever asks to be mistreated and you did not make your ex mistreat you what i think it is is that so many of us stay in unhealthy relationships because we just, we simply aren't either prepared to be alone or we don't know any other way. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure to, to make that clear and to differentiate, but um, I'm glad that you have the knowledge now. And it was really interesting working with you and seeing, and seeing the, the eye openers that, that you had along the way. Yeah. And you, so, d- you didn't give me any quarter, no mercy, no nothing. You <laughs> challenged me every step of the way. And that's really what I needed at that point. So it's not an easy process, but that firm hand guiding you through it that you provided for me, which I, I only assume that that's what I needed at that point, because you challenged a lot of my, a lot of my thoughts, a lot of my feelings and stuff like, it's like, why, why do you think that? How come you think that? Like, <laughs> so glad. really made me really start to analyze things and decisions that I had made. 
where previously there was no thought put into any of these decisions. So, well, yeah, and that's the thing. And that's why sometimes it does take a really big reality check to get out of these cycles that Mm -hmm. we have in, in our relationships, because unless we start doing things differently, we'll just keep doing it. And that's why I think coaching can be really effective for some people if you allow it to be. So can you tell us about some of the initial struggles that you had with your breakup and recovering from it or what kind of led you to get to this stuck place that you were in when we met? Um, oof. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just completely caught me off guard. Yeah. Um, I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I couldn't see what was happening when it was happening. I was holding so tight to just trying to keep the relationship together that I couldn't really see how big and how severe the problems were until I cut loose. You know, I was finally cut loose. I shouldn't say I I was finally cut loose and had a chance to actually start to look at what happened in the relationship and stuff like that. And it was, like I said, it was all just those huge emotions with nowhere to go with them. No knowledge of journaling, no knowledge of, you know, there's people out there just to talk to or how cathartic it can be just to talk through the process with someone who isn't going to judge how you got yourself in that position in the first place and stuff like that. So it was really, it was really just huge uh, feelings and just constant just constantly feeling lost, confused, hurt, rejected, worthless, like, you know, all the things that I was put in a position to, well, I put myself in a position to end up there in the first place. I totally know what you mean. So once it finally happened, it was like, And gaslighting, which I think we had, we had talked about Mm -hmm. is something that I experienced. And when I got divorced, I can really relate to what you're saying about having it be constant because when I was going through that process, I really felt like there wasn't a moment that I wasn't thinking about what was going on and feeling like so heavy and overwhelmed, even when I was at work or even when I was having conversations with people, it was still somehow on my mind and I did not know how to get my, myself out of it. And it was because of staying in something for so long where someone's doing that to you on a daily basis, it can be really challenging to know how to escape, escape it, even in your own mind. Well, if that's what normal looks like to you, like if you don't have any healthy examples to go off of anyway, I got all the, I got the isolation. I got the gaslighting. I got, I got the, I had everything that there was to offer <laughs> from Negative. that type of relationship. So, oh, I, man, you know what, what a lesson, We're allowed though. To what a lesson, because, though. Yes, yes. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it does take really, I mean, I don't know if you would say that you hit rock bottom, but sometimes it does take something really earth shattering like this to help us learn about ourselves. And then, you know, a couple of years later, we can look back and say, Oh my God, look at myself now. That mm-hmm. was ridiculous. Yeah. And laugh about it a little yep. bit. So no, I don't want anyone to think that we're making light of this. What Mike and I both went through was really heavy and dark. But I know for myself, I'm relieved that I'm now able to be like, wow, you've come a long way, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like in, in that moment when it first happened and for the next nine or 10 months after that, it feels like it's never going to change. It feels like this is just how it's going to be for the rest of forever. But now, now this far out from it, it's just like, okay, well, clearly things do get better and it will change. (laughs) So just, you just have to do the work, I guess. 
Yeah. And and do the healing, which I was mm-hmm. never really good at. So. Well, you are now. I know I laugh sometimes because I told my friends I would never get over it. Never. And that's that's silly because. <laughs> but it feels like that when you're when oh, you're. Yeah. Oh, when I, that was my truth. And you're there. It really, really feels like that. It feels like mm-hmm. it's never going to get better. Mm hmm. Yeah. Put it when it feels so insurmountable. Uh, what was the hardest part about your breakup? Uh, the hardest part was how confused I was. And then you mentioned breakup brain in the podcast quite a bit. And that I had a severe case. It was just, there was a, a lot of, I'm a computer guy. So I say there was a lot of cycles going towards processing you know, what had happened and those emotions and stuff like that. And it's like, I couldn't remember to pick up lemons at the store when I was just going to the store to get lemons. You know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember what I was doing at work. If I turned away from my desk or something like that, like just the brain fog that came with all that was really rough. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I'm actually making a couple notes as we're talking about maybe some episode ideas or some things that I'll revisit. And I think that's, that's one thing that I, that I may revisit is breakup brain. So yes, thank you so much for sharing, because I think that that's something that so many people experience after a breakup, but don't have the language to describe or talk about, and therefore don't have the ability to get support around it. If you don't understand what's going on, then how can you reach out for support? Right. And that's not understanding why I couldn't concentrate, not understanding why I couldn't stay on task was, it made me feel even more out of control of like my, you know, my day-to-day life. So. Yes. And for me, I, I just, I felt like, that much more of a failure. I'm like, I'm getting divorced and I'm a hot mess who just locked my keys in my car or thought that my wallet was at the target when Mm -hmm. it was underneath my seat. And like, Oh, and just feeling, um, so ashamed Mm -hmm. how I, how I felt. So thank you so much. And I, I think, especially for someone who's so career focused and ambitious, as I know you are, that, that was probably really. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's that, in, again, I work with computers in my line of work, like the technology is always, always changing. You know, it's always that arms race where somebody develops something, an exploit or some way to get into your system and you're having to defend against it. And it was, you know, it was a good 18 months where I was just stagnant, just doing as much as I could to just try and, you know, scramble to keep up on a daily basis. So, yeah. Did you ever feel comfortable letting anyone around you professionally know about this or how did you cope i have a mentor and i was able to share with my mentor what was going on and and they were very supportive Mm. about what i was dealing with so that that individual in particular i owe a, a big thank you to because their capacity for empathy was top notch uh for me because they were just like Take the time you need, man. You you'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah. And, and I didn't believe it when he said it, but you know, I it was <laughs> chills. I have chills. This uh, keeps on happening when I do these episodes where I just, I feel whew, a little emotional. I'm, I'm so happy that you had that and that you had the courage to, to let someone know what was happening because yeah. I mean, it's common knowledge that these things are more challenging for a lot of men because we don't provide men this, the space and the acceptance and the encouragement to do it, especially in American society and especially in the American workplace. Oh yeah. 
now so I think the tides are turning a little bit. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, That's great I think here. that there's a lot more awareness, especially like with the advent of social media and like podcasts and TikToks and like his TikToks nitty gritty. Oh, uh, Chris, yeah, Chris, I think his name Chris is Gritty. Oh, yeah, he's what a lifesaver. What a lifesaver. I can't. Oh, I'm, I'm so yeah. glad to hear that. Yes. Everybody go check out on TikTok, on Instagram, the nitty gritty. Um, his name is Chris Gritty. He does a lot of content on narcissism, abuse and toxic relationships and avoiding toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'm so stoked to hear that. So Mike, when did you feel in the midst of all of this that you're describing, when did you feel that you started to turn a corner with things? Because you were stuck when we met. And so when did like the cobwebs kind of start to clear and hope appear? It it was definitely, I would have to say, I I can't remember the timeline because there's still a lot of brain fog there and a lot of stuff that I can't quite recall um, (laughs) very well. with everything that was going on, but it, it had to be after our second or third uh, session when we worked together, because the things you were asking me to do in between our meetings were starting to impact me very positively. And I could like, I could see the effect of those exercises or, you know, uh, whatever you asked me to write down or what you wanted me to, you know, my homework, if you will, for the, (laughs) for the next meeting or whatever. It's always optional, everyone, but yes, I do love to give homework, (laughs) do the homework, do the homework. That's what, and I'm not a homework guy, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, when I got the homework and I actually started doing the homework and it really forced me to, analyze a lot of my behavior, a lot of my thought processes, a a lot of decisions I made, I had to go back through and like, you know, what, why did you make this decision? And then confront the reality that I put no thought into making that decision, or it just seemed like the right thing to do at the time or right. Like, Hey, just go with the flow. Like this is, you know, and it was really eye opening to see. And it was really within those first few sessions where you were challenging my, you know, my take on the situation and giving me an alternate, uh, a different perspective and some alternate ways to think about some things that had happened or what, you know, how I was processing emotions and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was helpful very quickly initially, but really turning the corner was probably when we worked together, it was probably our last few sessions where it was just like, the light at the end of the tunnel started to appear and it was just like, Oh no, I am, I am going to get through this. I'm going to be all right one way or another. Well, because that it's only because though that you were putting in, in the efforts, because I think once in a while someone can stay stuck, but it's, I think not believing that you can get better, not doing anything to recover, not making changes in your life. And you made a lot of changes. Yeah, I did. Even just the way that you view things can be a massive change. And I can Mm -hmm. tell that you did that. And also it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me what you're saying is taking ownership and power over your destiny was a big component of it. Yeah, no, that was huge for me because I had to, I had to really look at what my part in it is, you know, I'm classic. Well, you know, I didn't do anything wrong in this situation. Like, why am I the one that's in trouble? Why am I the one that's at fault for this or whatever? And then, you know, having someone show you like, well, (laughs) let's go to the replay. This happened, this happened, this happened. What did you do? Oh, 
I didn't make the best decision I probably should have made. We have a winner. That's the correct answer. Um, and, and, and again, this isn't to shame, but it's to actually take ownership and to take control of your, of your future. And that's, that's what it's helped me do is realize that, you know, for some of the situations I found myself in, I was definitely at fault. And that made me, how can I say this? It made me really look at my behavior patterns and see why I consistently found myself in a situation like this and really look at my previous relationships and never doing any healing, never doing any work and just jumping into the next relationship to make myself feel better or whatever, however it would go down or whatever, like all those things that I just did without taking any thought or any time to process or, or anything. It was just go, 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 go. It's all, you know, and like actually taking a step back and, and thinking about things and realizing what I need to do better next time, instead of just going forward and doing the same thing over and over and over again. I think that's, uh, I, I can't remember which episode it is, but I think that's the quote that made me actually like reach out to you was, I can't remember who said it, but the quote was the universe will keep teaching you the same lesson mm -hmm. until you learn. Yep. And yep. I was just like, <laughs> you know, you're just sitting in the car and it's just like, Oh my God, do they know me? Are they here? <laughs> Have they been watching this whole time? <laughs> like, oh, I'm cause so it was like, happy it was so, that. so accurate. It's such an accurate statement. Great. Yeah. I mean, and I, I can really as well. I was, I had a number of relationships that just absolutely blew up in my face and I had to look back and say, well, why had I forced this to continue on in the first place, considering how fraught with <laughs> a potential destruction or disaster there was. And it was because I thought being in a relationship was kind of the missing piece in my life or the most important thing. Um, I didn't want to be self-reliant and learn about myself. And so I was always pushing right. things right yeah because that's scary to be the only one responsible yeah. for everything that mm -hmm. goes on in your life that was it a is. big fear that i had to get over was you know by the end of it i was going to concerts by myself yeah i want to talk like about that, that right actually like, but but actually being alone and being responsible for everything that happens in your life when it's never been the case before is a very daunting proposition <sighs> Yeah. I mean, for me, I was, I was terrified and that's why I stayed in Australia for five years going from one disaster to the next is because I, I just, I thought to myself, I've never done this before. And the thought of doing it uh, starting from scratch was, I mean, just more than I could even fathom. I was so horrified by it, but let's talk about what you just touched on. And that is what you were doing by the end of our time together, you know, going to concerts and whatnot, because you did have a pattern of relationship to relationship to relationship, mm -hmm. and you didn't really go out and do that much on your own. And that was something that we worked together on. So can you tell us about your single journey and how you got to, to the point where you're going to concerts on your own? And for those who can't I'll, I'll see just, me, I just have this huge smile <laughs> on my face. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to put the blame all on you because at that point I was just doing the homework and you're like, your homework is to go three places this week by yourself. Your homework is to, to, and, and I found that I really enjoyed like, if there was something that I wanted to do and there was nobody to do it with cool, that meant I didn't have to worry about, you know, if I didn't want to go and get a drink or I didn't want to go and what, like I could do whatever I wanted. And that was mm -hmm. really, 
after after going through the motions of doing the homework assignment, I really found that I enjoyed just being able to go and do whatever I wanted. That was something that I have never I had never experienced before. And it's enlightening when you realize that you can do it. It's like you feel like you're going to die the first few times, (laughs) but you only feel like you're going to you're not going to die. You only feel like you're dying. But yeah, you um, had become like a regular at a little pub even mm -hmm. um, at one point during our time together and said that you just you felt relaxed and were just enjoying going and, you know, chilling and talking with people. And yep, just whoever, you know, whoever was there, if they wanted to socialize, like I can do that and I can sit here and watch the recap of whatever sports, exactly. you know, whatever's on sports center and drink my beer by myself. Uh, and you were not same. doing that at all when Mm-mm. I first met you. And now you've gone on, I think some trips by yourself. You've gone mm-hmm. on con- to concerts by yourself. You go out and do your hobbies by yourself and with friends as well, mm-hmm. but yeah. you have more potential for more ways to spend your time in well, a joyful I, I, way. What's really poignant for me, I guess. I don't know if that's the correct word, but realizing that I don't have to miss out on stuff just because there's nobody there. And that was kind of what it was. That's kind of how I was in my relationship. It was like, oh, I'd really like to go do this thing. And if my partner wasn't interested in it, then I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, And so that's been, I feel my my fear of missing out, my FOMO has definitely (laughs) gone away because I realized that there's something that I want to go to. I don't have to miss out. There's nothing wrong with just going and doing it. (laughs) I agree. And I'm so happy for you. What was the most helpful thing that you did to heal? Um, contact you. (laughs) (laughs) And just so everyone Um, knows, nobody is being paid or encouraged. No, no, this is not a paid endorsement. No, it really was. Uh, Oh, I didn't have any idea. Well, I just didn't have any idea where to start because I didn't know that there was a process for that. There's, I don't know if there's a one size fits all, but there's definitely like steps to post breakup that are probably in your best interest to accomplish in whatever order you can accomplish them in or whatever. Right. So like the grieving process, the healing process, the self-reflection process and stuff like that, like having someone, having someone there to say, well, have you tried this or have you tried that? Or have you tried journaling? Have you tried, have you tried going for a walk? Have you tried some of these things? There was nothing prior that looked like that, that I had done before after the end of a relationship. So actually having someone who's just like, Hey, try this. It might work for you. Try that. It might work for you. And like getting these tips on how to, uh, how to process the breakup and, and all that stuff was really Cause I, I had never done it before. So this is really my first time, like actually being single for two years after a breakup. Yeah. Um, uh, that's great. I'm yeah, you're right. This is the longest that, that you've, that you've done and you've done mm-hmm. it marvelously. And I think it was your attitude of curiosity about the process and kind of diving in, not necessarily knowing what the outcome was going to be that really served you. And it was really fun to work with you. You just mentioned that you've been single now for two years. So what's going on as far as that goes, have you started to date again? Do you want to date again? Are you using some of what you learned while we worked together in that process. Like what's the latest? I've been dabbling my toe in a little bit, but nothing, nothing real set in stone or concrete. Yeah. So far. Okay. 
but okay. that's okay. Like that's. Oh, it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I mean, look, I was single for a long time. <laughs> and when I say single for a long time, I mean that not only was I not in a serious relationship, but when I decided to move back to America from Australia, I stopped dating over there completely. And then I deliberately did not date or pursue a relationship for a number of years. And it's that's interesting that you fine. say that because I'm historically have never been a dater. Like I find someone that I like, they reciprocate a little bit and it's go time. Oh, um, interesting. Right. That, that's the old pattern mm-hmm. is to just like, Oh, I like this person. This person likes me. Here we go. Um, yeah. And so definitely not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely changed that uh, about myself. So. And why do you think you've done that? And what are you hoping to gain from that? I think it's so I don't find myself in a similar situation where I'm in a relationship with a weird power dynamic because I throw myself full force into it and then leave all of my agency and ability to assert myself at the door when I step in, which is really, I mean, it's not great, but that's what happened a lot of the time. What I found is that when I did start dating again, although my patterns and habits had completely changed, which was really good and really awesome to see, I found that I was still, though, attracted to the same things and Mm. some of the same negative things Mm -hmm. that I had been all those years before. And while that was a little like, damn it, (laughs) you know, I thought I beat this. What was really cool is that I found I was able to backtrack. I was able to make healthy decisions once I realized that, uh, that maybe I had been attracted to someone that wasn't quite the right person for me or had some of the negative qualities that I had been attracted to in the past. I was able to, you know, put an end to things, shift gears way easier than I had had before and with ease and without heartbreak and just with clarity and non emotionality. So I, I do want everyone to know that taking these huge breaks is so, so, so beneficial. What is your favorite thing? Yeah. Well, and what's your favorite thing about being single? There's a lot that's good to being single. I don't know if there's like really one thing. I think it's just okay. Well, yeah, just being able to just like being able to come and go as I please. I, I guess the I guess the thing that I'm the most proud of is that I never thought that I would be able to make it on my own. And it was a year after had to buy my own house, and I ended up getting a new car and like all this stuff. And I was like, oh my god, I'm never gonna manage. I'm gonna fail. I'm gonna fail. I'm gonna fail. And here we are, like you know, a year and some change later, and I'm I'm doing just fine. Like it's all working out. So yeah, certainly that's, that's been, that's my favorite thing about being single is realizing that I can do it on my own, even though I've been, I've told myself so much that I couldn't not even people that have been in my life telling me that I, that I couldn't, it was that internal monologue of like, uh, it's a lot. I don't know if you can handle it. it yeah. Turns and what's out it going to look like? was something that I just found so hard to wrap my head around yeah. is how I just, I couldn't see how it could end up. Right. I had like no vision in my mind of what my life. Yeah, was like exactly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's, that was hard to get over was the, well, it's going to look like whatever I want. Then you got to figure out what you want, which can be 
you know, as difficult as anything else. Oh, I do know very much. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, one thing I wanted to touch on that I hadn't asked you about before was that I do know that you stayed really dedicated to, to no contact with your ex. And can you just kind of touch on that and how, how you did that and why it was effective for you? Well, for me, it was so that I could stop being manipulated. I realized after the last conversation with my ex that I was still being manipulated, even though the papers were signed and it was, you know, it was a done deal. It was, well, it was a done deal way before then, but (laughs) coming to the realization that it was just more manipulation, more gaslighting, uh, telling me things weren't what I thought they were, what I, what I knew them to be that sold me on no contact. And I was just like, that, that was the best thing for me was to just, it helped me accept that the relationship was over and really made me realize that it was time to move on. And that I had to start taking steps to moving on because there was no, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. uh, (laughs) I remember you saying that that to me, but that seems like such a boy thing to say for some reason. <laughs> it's a very cute analogy. I don't think that's something that I would say necessarily, but I, I mean, it's so true. It's though, the best way I can describe yeah. it for yeah, sure. You're like, right. you know, it's a mess. Oh. Of tooth, you know, it's just a mess. Can't shove it back in the tube. Just <laughs> scrape it all off the counter and start oh. over again. You well, know, see, that's that. I think that's why I wouldn't think to say that is because I find like that type of mess kind of gross. And, you know, I'm the person with the weird quirk of wanting everyone to brush their teeth in private. And so the thought of like a mess of toothpaste just grosses so, me Okay. Out. So that really gets to you. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I, I appreciate that. And also just like such nice work because you really dedicated yourself to not, not only not having contact, but not going and trying to find out what she was doing. I know you had, you know, kind of this process of making sure that colleagues didn't relay things. Yeah. And that still holds today. I just don't, it's over. It's, you know, I accept that it's over. I've come to the realization that we're strangers now. And it's just as odd if you told me about one of your friends that I have no idea about telling me what's (laughs) going on on their social media or, you know, whatever gossip's going around or something like that. It's just not helpful. And I just, yeah, I've had to assert that. uh, And that actually helped me in asserting boundaries with friends, which has been pretty helpful because that's like the one thing I won't tolerate. It's like, I don't uh, uh, stop right there. We're not going to talk about it whatever's happening or whatever, I don't want to know. It's none of my business. Let, let's move on from it. And that, that kind of snowballed into being able to assert boundaries really everywhere, professionally, friendships, like all that stuff. Like that was really the first one that kind of set it off. Cause people were like, oh, okay, I dig it. You want to go grab lunch? And it was like, oh, they're not going to just walk away because I'm asserting a boundary or something like that. Like it kind of helped reinforce that, that it's okay to say no thank you to certain interactions and that's okay. And people accept that. 
Yeah, I'm so glad that you're saying that. I've been really interested recently about how we can apply what we learn in our breakups to other areas of our life. In fact, I did an episode a few weeks on this exact topic. And so I think that that's just a, such a pertinent example of, of how you can improve work, how you can improve relationships with family, how you can improve relationships mm-hmm. of all types with what you learn from, For sure. from your breakup and how you can also even maybe be more successful professionally. Because this is a way that you can let your relationships with your colleagues evolve and how you can allow yourself to be more comfortable at work and therefore more productive. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, thank you so much. We're going to take a very quick commercial break and then come back and talk about some lessons and what Mike wants to let everyone know who's going through a breakup right now. All right. Welcome back, everyone. And thank you so much to listening to my sponsors. Um, Before we wrap up, I want to get to my favorite part of the My Breakup Story episodes. And that is, what would you say to someone who is struggling with a breakup right now? I was waiting for this question. I'm not sure that I have a good answer because it's... uh something that I thought a lot about, but um, I definitely was at the point where my life was in danger um, because of the the inability to deal with the uh, emotional process and everything like that. So um, I would say to anybody going through a breakup that no matter how bad it seems, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's, and it's definitely not a linear process. And I was very frustrated with my lack of progress, which I'm sure you could tell during our, our sessions that I just wanted it to happen right now, but it will, it will happen. It, you, it will get better. It will definitely get better. Um, yes. And I was not a believer. I, I, if you'd asked me that for a year after my breakup, it's never going to get better. It's never going to get better, but it does. It, it does get better. Thank you so much. And I will absolutely second that it has been an honor to know you. It was fun and moving and uh, quite gratifying. <laughs> to <work with> you. <laughs> um, so I appreciate I it. To, <laughs> I want I, to applaud you. Go ahead. It's just really hard to feel that way when some even, you know, like when we were when we were working together, it's really hard to take that genuinely that because you feel like such a failure. You feel like like you can't do anything right. And um, it was it's good to have someone in your corner telling you that even if you don't believe it, because here we are later. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, I believe it now. I believe you when you say that. Oh, I, I'm so glad that you do because I'm very, I'm being extremely genuine. And you also have just your own success as proof that um, you really did do as well as I'm, I'm saying. So I'm really, really happy for you as, as well. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you for, as I said earlier, your vulnerability and your openness. I really think that this is going to help a lot of people. I am so excited to see what you do next. I'm so glad that we're able to keep in touch. And thank you to everybody who uh, listened to my breakup story with Mike. <laughs> I will see you next week.
Bye. Bye, Mike. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Axe Files podcast. I sincerely hope that you found today's episode inspirational or useful. I would love to support you on your healing journey. All you have to do is send me a message through the X-Files Instagram account, and I will personally be in touch to get you started. Remember, if you are struggling with a broken heart, your feelings are temporary. I am sending you so much love and luck for the week ahead. You've got this.